This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. Jets in action in Seattle. Their playoff hopes still alive. Need to win today. Giants in action in a matter of moments at home against the Colts and can clinch a playoff spot for the first time since 2016. So who better to talk about that and break it all down than former New York Giant Jay Brownlee, who joins the show right now. What's up, Jay? How you doing, bro? Happy New Year to you and your family. Hope all is well. Hey, Ty. What's going on? Happy New Year. Thank you for having me. Of course, man. Thank you for joining the program. All right, so let's start with your former team, the Giants, right now against the Colts. This is a game that the Indianapolis is so dreadful. You, there, there should be no worry at all, right, about a letdown or some type of an upset. Like, the Giants should roll in this one, right? They should. They should. Everything points to the Giants should run away with this game. They're better in, in every statistical category. But they don't want to – hopefully it doesn't turn to one of them trap games, man, where, you know, at the end of the year, man, you let somebody disrupt your whole year by having a bad game. So hopefully the guys show up ready, prepared, and um, don't let, you know, Jonathan Taylor or something like that go crazy. Yeah, and uh, look, the 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 Colts are dreadful. I I just think that for the Giants, it, it should be a celebration today to to have this team in the playoffs. Like if before the season you said they would be playing a meaningless Week 18 game, which they will if they if they win this game, you would think it's because they they were out of it, they didn't perform well, and they were knocked out of the playoffs. But if they win today, they go into next week and it's meaningless. And because you clinched a playoff spot. Like, talk about the job that Brian Dable has done with this team, and you know, coming in and, and establishing just some winning ways in, in year one. Man, Brian Dable, he really brought, you know, a lot of what he brought from, you know, what, upstate New York? Was that that Buffalo? Yes, uh, all sir. that Buffalo work for a lot of that mentality to the Giants, right? Uh, you know, uh, Danny Dimes, you know, playing playing a lot better, right? Playing effectively enough to win games coming off a pretty good one of the better games of the season last last week against Minnesota. Um, the defense, right, showing up, showing that grit, right, rushing the passer, kind of, kind of getting better week in and week out, especially rushing the passer and up front and getting healthy, getting some people back. So, man, um, a lot of it, man, a lot of hats off to, to Brian Dable and the team, man, just really figuring it out, really bringing that grit culture, you know, that we get used to in Buffalo for so much, you know, being able to run the ball. Saquon Barkley with an amazing bounce-back season, 1,200 yards, 10 touchdowns on the season, man, really showing people he is that top, you know, top five pick that we all wanted him to be and being an excellent leader on that team. So I think, you know, the team is really embodying what the coach brings to the table, and obviously his coaching staff is helping push that forward. Speaking with Jay Brownlee right here on the Ty Butler Show, 98.7 ESPN. Uh, just going to give you a quick look at what's going on right now in the Giants game. So the Colts got the ball first. It is third and seven as the Giants def- defense is on the field right now. As I mentioned, Giants looking to get back to the playoffs for the first time in six years. Let's transition to what's going on in Seattle at four o'clock today. And that's the Jets looking to keep their playoff hopes alive. They get two wins this today and next week against the Dolphins and they get a New England loss in concert with that, they'll make the playoffs. Do you think this Jets team is getting in? Um, the Jets, man, they're, they're, uh, they're head-scratching, man. Um, obviously, the quarterback situation um, and what we witnessed that week in and week out, the quarterback situation can be one of the 
the the most prominent positions on the team, and it is. And their situation has been like a seesaw throughout the course of the season. So I think, do they get in? I think there there's a chance. Obviously, uh, I don't I don't bet high on it. Uh, they need phenomenal play from that position. The defense can only take you but so far. Eventually, you got to score more points than the other team, and um, that has been their their issue all year in execution. So I'm not sure, man. I think I think it's a fifty fifty. Do you think the Zach Wilson experience is over, having been benched a second time, and he's not even going to be active today in the biggest game of the season? Do you think he's played his last snap as a, as a Jet quarterback? I would say everything points to that. Um, you have a, a, a pretty good uh, new football coach for the Jets, um, Salah, and um, what he likes to do coming from the 49ers. Um, you know, he understands how, understands coming from taking a, man, a game-managing quarterback and be able to have success with a really good defense and run game. So him trying to implement that, obviously, with, with the players that he inherited, uh, didn't quite work out so well. But he still's coming out with a chance to uh, potentially go to the playoffs. So um, I think he has. Right, because everything points to that. Like, if you're not be real, if you're not playing this guy, he's a first round pick. You're not playing him towards the end of the season when everything's on the line for you to go to the playoffs. Everything you're saying, body language wise, is saying you don't want this guy, right? And obviously, throughout the the circus, which has been with the quarterback situation for the Jets, uh, the, the even the team really gets behind, you know, the whites, right? They get behind the backup quarterback more than the starting quarterback because of how he approaches the game. So with all that being said, man, I don't know how many suitors you would have for a trade situation, but it looks like you want to figure out a way to get him out of there and preserve him as much as possible. Jay, so if if the answer to the quarterback position isn't on this roster, who who should they go out there and target? We're going to see Derek Carr get moved from Vegas. Uh, Lamar Jackson, I know you're going to that game tonight, Raven Steelers. We don't know that he's on the market, but it is a little fishy that they don't have a contract there yet. Uh, another name out there is Aaron Rodgers. If the Packers miss the playoffs, maybe they turn to Jordan Love next year. Jimmy Garoppolo, Gardner Minshew. Who, who's a name out there you think would be a really good fit for this Jet offense if if Mike White or Zach Wilson isn't the guy? I mean, honestly, man, your, your, your dream scenario, I mean, if you wanted to win now, uh, would be Aaron Rodgers, right? Because you, you get a, a MVP quarterback, you get a guy who can implement and, and help any system for the most part, um, who's a veteran, who's been there, done that. I think he's probably that for for now. Lamar Jackson's situation is really tricky, right? Um, he showed his worth. Um, he's worth every penny. They, I don't know. If they, I don't think they won a game without him. You know what I'm saying? So, so that shows you how important and impactful he is. Um, so Garoppolo, obviously coming back, he's showing everybody likes to write him off every chance they get. But every time he he rises from the rust like a phoenix. <laughs> okay, he just comes back and he figures out how to win. All right, he's a winner. Some people have that about them. They might not be Tom Brady. They might not be the the um, the, the stat sheet stuffer, but they're winners. And you need those people on the team. You need winners on the team. They help elevate the people around them. And that's what Jimmy Garoppolo is. Um, so I think, you know, potentially, I don't think their draft capital is like that, from my understanding. So I think the best thing they could do is try to salvage um, and get the most they can for uh, Wilson, and maybe get, uh, you know, get Aaron Rodgers, get someone like that, get somebody that can win now, right? Talking to Jay Bromley right here on the Ty Butler Show. All right, so let's go to the overall playoff picture in the NFC. I am not a believer at all in Minnesota. I get that they're 12-3. and three. I look at point differential as a metric 
that's indicative of, of how a how good a team is because it, it shows you you know if they're dominant or not and if you're nine games above 500 with, with a plus five point differential to me that just screams that you're a fraud am i being too hard on minnesota or do you think they actually have a chance to to represent the nfc in the super bowl i think they have a chance uh, uh kirk cousins is one of those guys like i just spoke about like a jimmy garoppolo you gotta realize kirk cousins came in with rg3 and who was a first-round quarterback, amazing talent, right, that blazed up the league and barring injury, right, would, would still be in there kind of, you know, that Lamar Jackson, you know, kind of like pre-Lamar Jackson, you know, all coming from that Michael, Michael Vick prototype, right? So um, and he's proven that, man, he's been consistent. He wins. Obviously, he's not as flashy as you want him to be. Sometimes he'll win the game, you know, 13-3, to three, uh, and, and it won't be pretty, but he'll get the job done. So, Having the one, the, one of the best, if not the best, wide receiver that who's proved himself this year, and Justin Jefferson, who's been phenomenal this year, and the Vikings always bring that defense. Adalman Thomason, uh, Smith, those people up front, man, they do a, a dominant job. Uh, so honestly, man, I think they can get it done. And the quarterback play doesn't have to be magnificent. Even with the Giants back in the day when they won, the quarterback play doesn't have to be magnificent. But if you get in those moments and you make those plays, which he can, you can get it done. And how about in the AFC? The the Chiefs right now are in action against the Broncos, a game that they're, they're going to win. They've beaten the Broncos 14 straight times. Denver, is just, they just fired their head coach. Uh, looks like they're going to be targeting Sean Payton uh, this offseason. They're going to be aggressive in, in targeting him. But you've got the Chiefs in action right now, and then tomorrow night you've got a, a really good one between the Bills and the Bengals. Who do you, who do you see coming out of the AFC? Mm, the AFC. This one is good, man. It's top-loaded. It's top-loaded, man. Buffalo, Kansas City, and Cincinnati, man, they are the ones. And obviously, if Lamar Jackson comes back, you cannot count out Baltimore, right? With, you know, they got, a, they got a puncher's chance in any game that they play. But, you know, from the quarterback situation, Kansas City, Buffalo, and Cincinnati, it's kind of like, it's kind of like pick, pick what you like. Who do you like most? Whoever's hot, right? We know this game isn't all about um, stats and glamour. It's about who gets hot at the right time. Uh, you know, everybody was counting Cincinnati out at the beginning of the year when they were losing games. And then Joe Burrow, Joe Yice, he gets he does what he does, and then everybody's looking at them as a Super Bowl contender, which they always were. So I think that um, – and then you can't count out Patrick Mahomes. He's probably one of the best, if not the best, definitely top two, three quarterbacks in the NFL every year. So I think that – I like Joey Ice, man. He just has something about him. It's not the glasses. I don't know if it's the swag. I don't know what it is. But <laughs> Joey Iceman is something about him that he shows up, and he shows up to win every single time. And no matter what happens, he shakes it off, and he, he can pass it. He can run it. He's big enough. He's strong enough. He shows up in big games. And um, he's just that guy to me. I think Obviously, Buffalo has a guy, too, there who, who can get it all done. But um, I know he's still nursing an elbow injury. So, yeah. hopefully – you know, we don't we don't know how that'll play out over the course of time, especially as the weather gets colder and, and things hurt a little bit more in the cold, man. Things linger a little bit more. <laughs> Last few for you. All right, so I, I mentioned the Sean Payton news. So it looks like, according to reports, the, the, the Denver Broncos are going to be super aggressive in pursuit of Sean Payton, who is going to be one of the most high-profile candidates on the market at the season's end. Uh, and it's going to cost, you know, the, whoever gets him is going to cost him a draft pick because technically the Saints still, like, retain his rights. W- do you feel like the, the the Broncos would be a good fit for Sean Payton? What do you make of this news? 
Uh, I played for Sean Payton, man. Sean Payton's an excellent coach, man. He knows how to put people in position. He knows how to uh, assemble uh, a group and a cast of coaches, right, that that all about getting the players in the best position possible. And he and he builds an environment and a culture around the team that, you know, that they, they build it. The locker room, the Sean Payton-led team, the locker room is the heartbeat of everything, right? Like that team camaraderie is built by that locker room, and it showed itself during his, his tenure with the Saints, um, with the success that he had. So I think that would be a great opportunity uh, for him to to walk into something where, you know, he has a quarterback. I, I don't think Russell Wilson's broken. I think he's had a really really horrible year. Um, but I don't I don't think it's a fluke to to give up on him for the past ten years that he's proven that he, he's an excellent quarterback. Um, so I think that would be great, man. I really feel for Nathaniel Hackett. Honestly, uh, he was actually my coach in Syracuse. He was my offensive coordinator in, in the oh, Washington wow. Bowl with. Doug Marone and into Jacksonville and into Green Bay and it really and I know his personality. He's a funny guy, man. He's a he's a he's a you know he's a ball of light and energy. And I'm sorry for the situation that he's in because we live in a microwave league. Uh, Solid said it best from the Jets, man. People want everything right now, and unfortunately, a quarterback play can get you fired. That's what this proved, and um, unfortunately, that's what happened. And um, I hope he lands on his feet soon. He's a good but, coach. But what happened? Russell Wilson, like, why was he so bad this year? He just kind of fell off of a cliff. I think it was confidence, man. His confidence took a hit. He has the ability. He has the throwing ability. He has the running ability. Um, I'm sure that he had his own office, so I'm sure that he was studied. You know, I'm sure that he was studied and knew what he was walking into every single week. But I think that his confidence took a hit early, and he never really recovered from it. He never really believed that he could make the throws. He never believed that he could win the big games this year. And therefore, he, he felt like he had to prove himself every single game instead of just going out there and playing. As a former player, I can tell you, when I thought in my head and tried to make myself make plays, it never happened. But when I went out there and I just played the game the way I, I practiced playing it, plays came. And I think so, he's fighting that all year. Who's the MVP right now in the NFL? MVP in the NFL. Ooh. I, you know, I'm just, you know, as somebody has said this, you know, it becomes a quarterback-driven race a lot of times, right? And it's kind of like the Heisman. And that, yeah, yeah. in that degree, it's kind of always the quarterback winning it. And which they, they, get, they touch the ball every play, okay? So they're going to have stats, like especially if they have good, talented people around them. But for the other positions where you have people that have to get open, catch the ball, make the plays when the plays matter most, do all these different things right, and have to be in the right position, I think those guys need a little bit more credit. So um, I would like to see someone else win it. I would like to see Justin Jefferson win it. I would like to see someone else other than a quarterback that impacted their team in a winning way, in the biggest moments, get an opportunity to um, really, you know, heist that trophy. Yeah, man. Right now, I I would say – Probably going to be Patrick Mahomes. Jalen Hurts would have won it for me, but the injury, I, I think, because it was so dead even between him and Mahomes, that injury really uh, hurt him, no pun intended. Uh, but I, listen, J- Justin Jefferson has been tremendous. I just don't know if I can argue that he is more valuable to the Vikings than Mahomes is to the Chiefs. Because remember coming into the year, it was like, no Tyreek Hill, the Chiefs are going to be a completely different team. And nope, the Chiefs are still one of, if not the best team in football. So that that's that 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 would be my argument for Mahomes. I get that, and it makes sense, right? It makes sense. I think there's no question that he's more valuable to his team than than Jefferson is to his team. I think the the that is not the question. The question is, 
what is the who what award is it really? Yep. That is the I question. You. you know what I'm saying? Because I think it's a quarterback award for the most part. But I think maybe if you open up the door and you say, I have an award for best quarterback and I'm going to give it to the best quarterback and then I'm going to have this award and I'm going to take all things in consideration. Then and then I'm allowed, you know, more opportunity for other um, other position groups to win this award. Now I think that would be an ideal situation. That's fair. That is very fair. Jay, really appreciate you coming on the show today. Happy New Year to you and your family. I know you're headed uh, to the game tonight, so enjoy that one. Appreciate you coming on. Love, love, and life, man. Love and life. Thank you, Tom. I appreciate you, man. God bless you in this new year with much success. Thank you so much, bro. Really appreciate you. That was uh, Jay Bromley. This Big Blue Report brought to you by Two by London, the engagement shop at London Jewelers. Uh, So the Giants right now, I'll give you a quick peek on what's happening in that game. Colts started with the ball. Giants got a stop. Giants got the ball. They were stopped. Daniel Jones, 4 of 6, 28 yards on that opening drive. But uh, they were forced to punt it away. So Indianapolis now has the ball at their own 20-yard line. And... You know, this game is scoreless. So the Giants, again, win and get into the playoffs at home, should be able to get it done. That's the big blue report brought to you by 2 by London, the engagement shop at London Jewelers. Picker designed the perfect engagement ring to fit every budget at any of their seven area locations. We'll go around the NFL, continue to talk some Jets and Giants. Still a lot to do as we march to 2 o'clock right here on 987 ESPN. This is the Ty Butler Show. On 98.7 ESPN. Right now, that we just don't love locally. So Paris Campbell, uh, the receiver for the Colts, was on the receiving end of a 49-yard completion that put the Colts into the red zone. So they're threatening right now against the Giants on third and five. The Colts haven't scored a touchdown in their last 25 possessions, which just shows you just how bad they are. And how just embarrassing it would be if the Giants ended up losing this game. I just got a text from from a Giant fan who said the Giants are going to lose this game. I said stop. I, that's that's not something I'll believe until I actually see it. Uh, so it looks like uh, the Giants get a stop and hold the Colts on fourth down. We'll see if uh, Mister Saturday is going to go for it. But Giants uh, looks like are about to be facing a deficit. Meanwhile, I've got the Dolphins Patriots game on my screen, and the Patriots just scored a touchdown. So they're now up 6 nothing, pending an extra point. Could be 7 nothing on the Dolphins. And Mac Jones just delivered a, a touchdown to Thornton. This is a game the Jets really would love to have the Patriots lose. You don't want it to come down to Week 18 because you don't know if Buffalo's going to have anything to play for next week. Uh, they could be locked into whatever their seeding is, and we, we, just, we, we just don't know. So the Patriots up 7 nothing right now. And the Colts are threatening in the red zone. Just call a timeout on fourth and one. Looked like they were going to go for it, but they are might send a field goal unit out. So I'll keep you posted on that. 800-919-3776. Let's talk to Jimmy and Bayside. What's up, Jimmy? Hey, how you doing? Uh, happy New Year. Same, same <clears throat> to you, man. Starting day in New York football, at least for the time being. <laughs> you know, almost wish yes. I could freeze time, but... Um, I'm really worried about uh, things going south with the Giants and Jets today, but we'll, we'll see. Um, I, I want to just make a comment about the quarterback situation. Um, you know, I think if Joe Douglas didn't have such a good draft, then the narrative would be like he possibly screwed up the Jets' future 
gambling a second round pick. Um, but I, I feel like, you know, there's more of kind of like who's more to blame, uh, Joe Douglas for picking Zach or Zach for not even be, I mean, think about it. How hard would it be just to, just to win the job, let alone really thrive? You know, uh, he couldn't even really win the job. I'm sure that that really, um, you know, that's the most disappointing thing maybe for Joe Douglas, but I, I do like one aspect of Douglas and that there is a little gambler in him. I think that, you know, uh, one of the calls was talking about Derek Carr and how the Jets would be lucky to have a quarterback like that. I think that he really went for the intangibles that, that Zach had. I think he wanted to, uh, he wanted, you know, he's hoping that Zach would be able to adapt to the NFL and maybe just really throw for a lot of yardage, be a, be a high-octane offense, and he probably still is hoping to get somebody like that. I honestly, I'm wondering if Salah was on the 49ers during the whole Kaepernick area because I was expecting maybe them to invite him to camp earlier, uh, you know, in preseason just because I think that they go for that kind of play. Even the Makai Becton pick wasn't really the safest pick. A lot of people yeah, said that I, I, he, I he's think... so massive, but he's like, he, there is a little risk with him. But that's all. I just want to say, I think there are some things about Douglas that, you know, and, and you know, he was right in on the Tyreek uh, sweepstakes. So um, he's not totally conservative, which I think is a good thing. Yeah, I appreciate the call, Jimmy. The, the, the Connor Kaepernick thing, that ship has sailed. Uh, that, that's not going to happen. I think it's it's such a unique situation to be in, even us talking about Joe Douglas, because typically if a GM misses this badly on a quarterback and his team is staring at missing the playoffs for a, I guess he's been the GM for what, three years now. So for the third straight year, his team would be staring at missing the playoffs. You would you would be saying that he might be deserving of, of being fired and being let go. But because he's hit on, you know, so many draft picks with Elijah Vera Tucker and Brees Hall and Garrett Wilson and Sauce Gardner. Like, these are legitimate players. Like, these are, like, legitimate pieces that he's hit on. Elijah Moore, you can even throw into the conversation. Maybe not on the level of Garrett Wilson, but he's still a, a legitimate receiver. Because he's gotten this team that started the year with the expectation of hovering around five or six wins being on the door you know on, on the doorstep of a playoff appearance he's got to get credit for that so it's just a weird situation to be in because normally we'd be like yeah this guy deserves to be fired but look at what he's done elsewhere in the draft they got to find a way to, to get the quarterback i don't that's not going to come via the draft next year but it, it has to get done uh by the way giants held the colts to a field goal so indianapolis with a three nothing lead with about two minutes left in the first quarter. I will keep you posted on that game. And as I mentioned, the Dolphins now have the ball down 7 nothing in New England against the Patriots. So we are, as Jet fans, rooting like crazy for the Dolphins. 800-919-3776. We will go around the NFL. Also, touch on a little basketball before we hand over the baton to Dan Gross and Greg Buttle at the top of the hour right here on 987 ESPN. This is the Ty Butler Show. On 98.7 ESPN.
Before we get back to the football, which we will do to close out the show, big football Sunday, a lot happening. Just wanted to touch on uh, some uh, a few things. So last night, the Knicks finally got back in the win column. Julius Randle continues to be just outstanding, poured in 35 points. Emmanuel quickly added 27 of his own to give the Knicks a win to snap that five-game losing streak. So they're back to a game over 500 at 19-18 and 18 on the season. But Julius Randle last night, 13-12-6. He continues to just be outstanding. I mean, rebounding from what was a, a, a poor season last year and didn't really handle it well, got into it with the fans. So that's never a good idea. But he deserves a ton of credit for, for this campaign that he's put together because Julius Randle, has been their best player by far. And with Brunson Hurt and R.J. Barrett out of the lineup, he just continues to put up numbers. Because his game isn't that aesthetically pleasing to the eye with what he does with all the dribbling and you know forcing tough shots, fans seem to be overly critical of him. And, and, and I shouldn't even say overly critical of him because it's it has been warranted. I don't think fans have been unfair with Julius Randle. Um, it's been warranted, but we got to give him credit when he's playing well. And and you wonder if this is going to be a guy that if they feel like they're not going anywhere, they try to move at the deadline, just considering like their overall roster construction and not having a a lot of flexibility. But we saw some Evan Fournier minutes for the second straight night. He he scored eight points, hit two threes. The Knicks battling injuries, so they're, they're going deep into the bench. We saw Cam Reddish the other night. We saw. Uh, no, we actually didn't see Cam Reddish. We had Knicks clamoring for Cam Reddish and Evan Fournier, and we got Evan Fournier. So uh, the Knicks back in the win column uh, after losing five straight games. They won eight straight, lost five straight, and now they're back in the win column. The Nets continue to win games. They are now rattled off 11 straight wins. How about this? So the Nets have more wins during this win streak than the Rockets, who the Knicks beat last night, have on the season overall at t- 10 and 26. That's how dreadful Houston has been. Durant, Kyrie Irving continue to be excellent. The Nets continue to win games, and they now have the second-best record in all of basketball. So just wanted to give some some love to the local basketball teams. How about LeBron the other night on his birthday, pouring in 47-10-9 and a come-from-behind win for the Lakers against Atlanta on his 38th birthday. What a way to celebrate your 38th birthday. Nice little... 47 10 and 9 just missed a triple double and he said he actually predicted it you know it's become a thing on social media lebron predicting things he said he felt like he was going to go off in this game as the lakers continue to to play without anthony davis so that that's your basketball flavor also yesterday college football you saw tcu shock michigan became the first big team big 12 team to make it to the college football title game and it's the biggest upset since the creation of this college football playoff uh, format where the third-seeded Horned Frogs came in as an underdogs and, you know, put up 51 points on that Michigan defense. Wolverines were undefeated. 51-45. What a game that was. We saw a, a ton happening. 44 points scored in the third quarter between the two teams. We saw you know, two pick sixes, two fumbles, a 76-yard touchdown pass, eight scores in eight minutes, uh, 59-yard field goal. I mean, what a game that was yesterday as TCU moves to the national championship game. So that should be a fun one. And who will they play? Well, Georgia, on a come-from-behind victory, beat Ohio State. So we're going to have TCU and Georgia in the national championship game 
and that should be a fun one. So there's a, a quick recap on some of the other big stories happening in sports right now, 800-919-3776. But we all know what everyone is focused on today is what's happening with our two football teams, with the Jets and the Giants. The Giants, they win today. They're getting into the playoffs. Would you believe this would be just their third playoff appearance since that since 2011 they win the Super Bowl in 2011 they go winless in the playoffs in in 2016 because of that you know Lambeau field debacle but this year to get into the playoffs I mean how amazing would that be so they're in the red zone right now trailing through nothing to the Indianapolis Colts as they look to take a lead they look to take a lead I'm, I'm, I'm a little behind here so what'd you say Tom so we have a Daniel Jones touchdown pass to Richie wow, James, who then go. proceeded to do a backflip in the end zone to celebrate. There we, there we go. So the Giants, pending extra point, will be up 7-3 to three, thanks to the legs of Daniel Jones. That's why when, when you evaluate Daniel Jones, you can't just look at you know his passing numbers because he, he brings more to the table. And the Giants aren't looking... To, to win games on the strength of his arm. Like, obviously, you want him to to be um, exceptional with his arm, but it, but he brings so much in that running game aspect to it. So he completes a touchdown pass to Richie James, and the Giants are going to go up 7-3. It's a game that it shouldn't be close. They, they, the Colts are not a real football team, especially what's left of them right now under Jeff Saturday. The Giants should, should roll in this game, and they'll get back to the playoffs. And then... You'll get an opportunity to watch the Jets at 4 o'clock keep their season alive in Seattle. A, t- a pair of two 7-8 and eight teams. Jets are 7-8. and eight, Seahawks are 7-8. and eight. Seahawks have lost five of their past six games. Lone win coming against the Rams. Meanwhile, the Jets have, have lost four straight. To go from 7-4 and four to 7-8, and eight, I mean, that, that, that's why, to me, this game is so important. Like you can you can phrase it the way you want. Well, they weren't expected to do much. You would have signed up for seven wins at the beginning of the season. Sure, you would have. But you 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 also recalibrate your expectations as you progress through a year, as more and new information is presented to you. And when you get to seven and four, and we learn that all it takes to get to the playoffs nine wins, that I think that's a disappointment. That's a failure. And we're gonna have to have a, a serious conversation about what it means for this regime going forward. I, I was reading Rich Semini earlier today, who's, who's tr- always tremendous, especially on game day. And, he's, and, and the, the, the feeling is you wonder if the Jets bottom out, meaning they, they finish the year on a six-game losing streak. Does Woody Johnson become impatient? Does he become impatient? Like what's going to happen if they f- lose to the Seahawks and to the Dolphins to end the year? That's why I think these are just monstrous games. For the Jets getting to the playoffs, and and just from a credibility standpoint, Joe Douglas and Robert Sala to to find a way to you know establish themselves as as guys who can lead this team to better days. Because I I don't imagine you go from seven and four to seven and ten and and things are just all good entering next year. Mike White, I I love that he's got some added level of motivation just beyond the team aspect of it because he's playing for a contract himself. And in that article I just mentioned, Rich pointed out if he plays well, wins his last two games and leads the Jets to the playoffs, he could command a contract in the neighborhood of two years, $30 million, $20 million guaranteed. And that's according to an agent who represents prominent quarterbacks. So Mike White could be in for a big payday. See, he has, on top of 
the number one priority is, you know, team first, and he's a team first guy. But just from a personal standpoint, he's playing for his NFL career. He's only 27 years old, and the Jets are going to be auditioning him, but other teams are going to be looking at Mike White as well if the Jets do decide to go in a different direction. So this is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. Happy New Year to my guys Tom and Harvey putting that work in today. You know, you, you come into the new year and it's right into the station early morning, 6 a.m. How are you guys feeling yeah, now that you're getting to the finish line? Well, I'm feeling great I'm at the finish line because I had less than two hours of sleep coming into the shift. So, oh, you know man. what? I'm going to probably be going home and possibly passing out. But then again, I get to do it again tomorrow morning. So, but, you know what? It'll how, be fun. You're a Giants fan. How are you going to go home and pass out if the Giants are still playing? You got to watch this game. You can get into the playoffs for the first time in six years. Listen, I got to make I got to make a decision if whether or not I'm going to be even able to stay awake. I, I don't even know if I'm going to be able to stay awake behind the wheel. Like to be honest, like I, oh man, so maybe you shouldn't be driving, buddy. <laughs> I might be Ubering home. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I no, I get it though. But you gotta you gotta wait until at least after the game to take a nap. This, this is. You've been deprived of football success for this long, and you're going to just let it waste away like that? you got to stay up until after the game. It's all about the willpower. And, you know, I, I got a lot of willpower, but it also depends on whether or not the Giants can pull away. If it's a close game, I might not even want to watch it because, God forbid, they lose. Then it's just going to—that's just going to keep me up all night, and that's definitely not what I want. Update on the game right now. So the Giants up 7-3. Danny Jones touchdown to Richie James. Saquon Barkley's already got 38 yards. And they're just, uh, you know, almost halfway through the second quarter. So the Giants force the Colts to punt, and they now have the ball. I think this is where you this is where you start to roll. Watching Indianapolis just makes my eyes bleed. Uh, update on some other games. Cardinals right now in Atlanta have a 10-7 lead over the Falcons. David Blow is starting for Arizona. And why is this significant? Came across a pretty interesting nugget today. So David Blow and the Las Vegas Raiders starter Jared Stidham, who was drafted by the Patriots, uh, will become the 63rd and 64th quarterbacks to have started an NFL game this season, tying a non-strike record set in 2007. The only other NFL season with more starting quarterbacks was the 1987 strike year, where there were, how about this, 87 different starters that year in 1987. And bah, 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 only 11 of the NFL's 32 teams have had one starting quarterback this season. Only 11 of the NFL's 32 teams have had one quarter, one starting quarterback this season. And one of those teams is playing right now, the Giants. The Jets have had three different starting quarterbacks this year with Zach Wilson, Mike White, and Joe Flacco. So I thought that was a pretty interesting nugget. Looks like Eagles... Um, Jalen Hurts could be back next week, not playing today uh, for the for Philadelphia, who's, who's down ten nothing, and at home to New Orleans. So he's he might have to come back next week just to clinch that number one seed. It's very important to get that first round by. He might have to come back, and which is why it's going to necessitate the Giants winning this game because you don't want to play with fire. You don't want to have that dangerous situation develop where you go into next week needing to win a game where, you know, Jalen Hurts and the Eagles also need that game as well. So take care of business today. Lions up 14-10 on Chicago. 
Jared Goff's got a passing touchdown already in that game. Chiefs up 6-3 to three on Denver. I mentioned the, the Chiefs have won 14 straight games against the Broncos. 14 straight games against Denver. So they're up. Uh, good news for Jet fans. The Dolphins, on the strength of a Tyreek Hill touchdown, have tied the game against the Patriots. So that's 7-7 right now. Uh, mentioned the Giants up 7-3, and the Panthers have a 7-0 lead on Tampa Bay. Sam Darnold's actually got a chance to lead Carolina to uh, a, a playoff spot, a, a playoff berth here. Sam Darnold into the playoffs. He's got an opportunity. If they beat the Bucks today, and then next week, I believe they end the season with the Saints. Yep, they end the season in New Orleans. They, they went out. They win that NFC South, that dreadful division, and get a home playoff game. How about that? A home playoff game for a team that's going to finish under 500. Wow. And Tom Brady missing the playoffs. I believe Don LaGreca before the season, his his hot take was that Tom Brady uh, was going to miss the playoffs. So that's still very much on the table. Meanwhile, in Washington, things not going well for Carson Wentz, who replaced Taylor Heineke as the starter. He's already thrown two interceptions. Browns lead the Commanders 3-0. The, the Washington still has a chance to get to the playoffs. They've got to win these games. This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN.